just do a little bit of hi i'm joel this is nathan welcome to tilsum sessions these are the people uh warning this dead broadcast contains references to sex drugs and Azerbaijan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful yeah we're gonna use that bit <laughs> That's for sure. Wait, no. No, that, that, that's been news. <laughs> like, that is literally been news. Yeah, so with, with our podcast, on our 10th episode, we decided to do a fuck-ups episode because we, we've been sharing a bunch of like uh, EYP stories and stuff like that, and then some of them talks about how things go wrong. And we thought, you know, let's actually dedicate specific episodes to everything going wrong in EYP because we've got so many stories to share. Um, and we did that for the 10th one and we thought, well, you know, we have the 20th one coming up. Let's make it a tradition that every 10th episode becomes a fuck ups. So here we, we're doing our second uh, version of fuck ups. And this one's going to be focused a lot more on conspiracy theories, I guess. Um, I, I say I guess because, of course, I'm saying this at the beginning of the recording and not at the mm. very end as we're wrapping things up. Um, so mm. with us, we have myself, Nathan, and we've got Joel, but we also have two guests with us. Um, Anastasia, do you want to start off by introducing yourself? Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Anastasia. I come from Spain and I, <laughs> I'm 20 years old. I'm a medicine student who has been almost four years in UIP. I'm going to be four in UIP in January. Ooh. I'm a baby still, but still have lived through quite some fun times. Um so yeah, that's me. Oh my god, you're born after after the year two thousand. Oh my yeah, god, I am. you didn't see the last millennium. I did not. I did not. Yeah. Damn. Here we are, and I'm also not Spanish. I'm just like wrong all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for the fuck ups episode. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we also have Yaron. Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Jeroen. I'm from the Netherlands, but I live in Belgium now. So at least my name and my country seem like they kind of match up, <laughs> unlike some people here. Uh, I'm a screenwriter and I've been in UIP since before some of you were born, I guess. And I'm very much looking forward to see how in this very natural uh start of the episode how joel's gonna edit this to make it look like we're having a continuous conversation with this <laughs> i i'm sure the recording won't uh i'm sure the recording won't yeah, fail i can, I can, I can just crudely cut here to me boasting about my editing skills the <laughs> no but we didn't record that at the beginning we talking All right, editing sure. skills, we didn't record that <laughs> Yeah, we're still looking for editors for the podcast please send us a message if you're willing to do this instead of me from me so anyways sorry I mean, that's like every single podcast we do. sorry I, I, I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you know we're only starting what at 27 past eh, 27 that 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 that's fine that's i i feel like that the previous fuck up episode we started at at least half past or 40 past or something like this so i feel like this is we're talking about fuck ups and we're doing slightly less fuck ups this time than before so i think we're good yeah then, then again we had less guests this time so fewer true. fewer correct <laughs> And sent more instructions. 
Yeah, sorry, with... I did not realize the Chrome thingy because, like, we all have Firefox here for some reason. So it was like, oh yeah, you have to have Chrome, and it was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize you needed to have Chrome. No, I don't think anyone ever told us about that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I don't know. It's just yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to make sure we we get that in the um in the next people's thing to make sure that they do have Chrome then. Yeah, I think once when we started moving away from this like sending official invitations thing, is just like we. I, I I even forgot to mention the headphone thing. Good thing you didn't, Nathan. But then again, Jeroen showed up without headphones, so that's not much that helped. I mean, but I basically just cap. got got a, a Sunday evening text like, yo, you want to be in my podcast? I guess. Okay, see you Tuesday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty That's much. Our, our journey on this podcast has been like this this kind of like weird but funny thing where we, we kind of started this podcast as like a really official interview style. We'd bring people on and be like, cool, so tell us about your EYP journey. Well, for me, it all started back in 2005 when this happened and that. And, you know, we'd kind of really go into this, oh, so, so what do you think about the future of this? Yeah, it was like really, really official, serious. We'd do things by emails. We'd kind of sort everything out. And then... <laughs> what that lasted four episodes or something like that and then it was like fuck it let's just <laughs> let's just jump on the thing have a chat and then just see what happens after <laughs> let's just get joel's girlfriend on see what happens exactly <clears throat> nepotism it's the way to go yeah <laughs> although i was the one who invited her technically yes <laughs> and I was, I was the one who suggested in the first place that she should be on the podcast. Well, that's just um, because Joel already has to talk to her all day, so, she, so he knows what she has to say. That's well, true. That's mean. Also, I love how it's so professional. Like, the whole mic setup is, like, professional shit right here. Yes, my 100 euro entry level microphone. Joel doesn't want to seem rich, but he's absolutely rich. <laughs> okay, Jeroen, I, th I think you need to tell us a story about that. So, uh, to, to what extent are we talking about here? About how rich Joel is. Exactly. Yeah, tell us. Well, just now, you said that your main problem was that your... I think your headphones automatically connected to your <laughs> Oculus Rift or your Alexa. Oh, I have so, I have so many problems in my life. Some people have AIDS, and this is what you're dealing with. First world problems <laughs> at its peak. <laughs> your VR headset getting in the way of your recording for a podcast. <laughs> oh no, my first vacation is clashing with my second vacation in dates. Whatever will I do? <laughs> Hello, sorry. That's literally something Joe brought up earlier, because like, as we were starting to go into this like podcasts we had that email from eyp saying about the 35th anniversary and joel's main thing was oh my god they're doing this on summer solstice which is the stupidest date you could have it like okay i understand for you, you europe you european i'd rather have it on christmas like for you europeans <laughs> midsummer night might not be a big day but looking at how much fucking sun we're getting right now that shit is the biggest celebration of the year. 
and <laughs> I will seriously consider going or not going based on this. As someone from Spain, I really cannot relate. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean celebrating sun? I have sun right now. It's annoying at this point. Joel lives in one of those countries that has six months of sun and has six months of eternal darkness. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's fucking four o'clock and it could be midnight. I mean, it's, it's not funny. Yeah, it's a bit of, it's a little bit funny. Yeah, it is for us That's who it. are not experiencing it. Probably not for him though. <laughs> True that. But has anyone here ever experienced a session like in complete darkness, you know, where like in winter above the whatever circle, not which, that. Like, you don't have any sun? Not that, but I have experienced a session with no sunlight where I just stayed inside with no windows for the whole session. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but like there was also no window, so you had no notion of time. Like you did not know if it was like daylight <laughs> or sun or like nighttime and you were just there like vibing like, oh, it's 6 p.m. Sure, I'll believe that. That's just basically the boardroom in Azerbaijan, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which was essentially just like a small... It was essentially a small corridor without any extra doors. So just a dead corridor with white tiles against all the rooms, <laughs> yeah, all, the walls and ceilings. All surfaces are just white tiles. There's nothing in the room except like a ventilation shaft in the roof. No furniture. Imagine like the the cliche image of one of those uh, one of those sort of cartoony insane asylum rooms with padding on all the walls. It's that, but it was tiling. <laughs> yeah, we spent some fun time in fetal positions, rocking around very nervously in that room. Well, that's just being a board member, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very <laughs> nervous. <laughs> yeah no but what what session puts you in a room without windows <laughs> to see what, was, what ANSI is this and how do I avoid them it was UAP in Ireland actually <laughs> it was a school oh wow it was a school and it was like a school it was a whole <laughs> damn school and like the thing is that the committee rooms kind of did have windows some of them the boardroom didn't and it was also like in the basement. So like most of the rooms were in the basement. So obviously like there's no windows in the basement. So you would just like roam around there and then be like, oh, it's lunchtime, I guess. Sure. <laughs> I have no idea what time it is right now. Um, it was fun though. It was, it was like living in this little world for three days where we have no idea what was going on outside, who was outside, what was going on in the world. Like it was... Kind of apocalyptic, but loved it, to be honest. It was really nice. We had food inside the school. We slept in, like, the gym of the school. So it was, <laughs> yeah. It was an experience. It kind of sounds like there were some HOs who went to some sessions beforehand and people like, you know, like, UIP is such a bubble. You never get to experience the outside world. They're like, you think UIP is a bubble? Okay, guys, let's try to create an actual bubble. Let's put three days when no one gets to experience anything from the outside world. No daylight, no nothing. And we just, like, cement them in this and then show them what, exactly. what a bubble UIP can be. 
No, it was even worse because, like, because it was the basement, there was also shitty Wi-Fi there. So it was like no connection whatsoever. Like you could only get some Wi-Fi if you went up to the surface for a little while to like talk to your mom, like, "Hi, mom, I'm alive. I'm not dead. I promise. I'm locked in the basement somewhere in a school in the Netherlands, but I'm fine. I promise." You seem to somehow suggest that the no Wi-Fi was worse than the no sunlight. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, kind of, in a way. You just called, your, you just called yourself a boomer. You're not a boomer. I feel like, no, I feel like that's more Gen z of me. Like, how can I live 24 hours without TikTok? What do you mean? No, I'm kidding. I don't have TikTok. <laughs> but, uh-huh, yeah. Sure. I really don't. I'm one of those people that watches Instagram Reels and gets TikToks, like, two months after they become popular and then we send them to people that have TikTok and they're like, girl, this was around for a while now. And I was like... Dear listeners, of course, in the in the description of this podcast, you can find a link to Anastasia's TikTok account. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have TikTok, I promise. I started a TikTok for Whippy Spain, but that I closed it very quickly because it was weird. Um, anyways... <laughs> EYPNCs have TikTok. What? I, I I've never been. I don't know TikTok. I I don't know this <laughs> stuff. I'm sorry. I, I'm still learning Instagram. Oh yeah, I guess I'm that would be a thing. And no, Joel, our our podcast is not gonna <laughs> do this t- Tiki Tok thing. <laughs> I will do my best. To make Nathan create a TikTok no, account no, for this the is not podcast. gonna happen. No, please, this is this is do. not gonna happen. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, okay, one thing that surprised me in, in Azerbaijan was um I was with some friends, I was with Emin and Marie, we were, we were walking around and I I would I would go to like hotels.com, I'd try to book a hotel or something like this or a guest house, and then we try to walk to find it, and then we'd do that. And it's really difficult to try to find places that actually have availability because you book it through, then you go to them and they say, no, actually, we don't have availability. So you need to find the places first because whatever it says on hotels.com or booking.com or stuff like that isn't actually the fact of what's happening over there whatsoever. And I'm like, okay, so how do you find these places? I just get up Google Maps and like, why would you use Google Maps? They get up Instagram to then find different places or like if you're going to find a bar or a cafe or a hotel or anything like this you just go to instagram and then you search on there you find the place and then you contact through there i was like what 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 is this place how how (laughs) yeah i mean it's become so integrated like i feel like in life in general because for me now if i want to go eat somewhere like find a new place i go on instagram and see what people have been posting on their stories and stuff around barcelona and just go there and watch like i see their food on their instagram because it looks a lot better there than on their website like they post actual <laughs> photos of their food from different angles and it's like okay that gives me a better idea of it and then like you decide where to go yeah <laughs> I, I guess it would have a more visual reach than google maps that's mostly around the reviews. I, I don't want. I don't even want to try to look at someone's selfies with their food on Google Maps. But yeah, That's no, true. I thought this was some like Azerbaijan kind of a thing because I mean those dudes have been doing their things a bit strangely to begin with. Like I remember being there, and it's like someone wanted to know the, what the current exchange rates before between 
what what's the Azerbaijani currency called? Uh, manat. Yeah. So they, someone wanted to know the current exchange rates between manat and euro, and what they do is they call up a friend. They take their phone, they'll dial a friend. It's like, what's the current exchange rate? I'm just like, what is happening? How does this society function so differently? Given their sketchy... It's like lots of wicked millionaires. What? It's like lots of wicked millionaires. Yeah. I mean, I feel like their economy is so sketchy that probably the person they called could have been, you know, one of this, like big millionaire that probably manages the Azerbaijani economy and was like, yeah, I feel the exchange rate today. I'm feeling like, yeah, this. He just picks up the phone. He just picks up the phone. Well, what do you want it to be? What do you want it to be? <laughs> Can I get something out of it? What are you dealing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do feel like EYP Azerbaijan and the government of Azerbaijan is somehow interlocked. <laughs> I remember at one point being there a bit um, over the time that I was supposed to be allowed in the country without registering and shit. So technically, yes, I was like, I'm not supposed to legally be in the country. And I started kind of freaking out. I remember the like <laughs> locals were just like, yeah, I, we, we have contacts in the ministry. This is handle <laughs> some sort of like official papers. Like what exactly is the connection between <laughs> my peers in Azerbaijan and the government? Shady, but fun if you're on their, <laughs> on their good side. Sure. Sounds so, so welcome fun. To, <laughs> welcome to EYP Conspiracy Theories, where we go through and see relationships with different powers. <laughs> no, but it, it, it is true that like a, a lot of a lot of EYP NCs have built really great relationships with different like government structures and stuff. Like let's say in, in, in Armenia, like for the IS, um, the one I found found was amazing is yeah, we had the patronage of the president and the prime minister and you know, during a conflict with Azerbaijan, there were actually discussions of how do we actually bring an Azerbaijani delegation and how can we get the prime minister's seal of approval and the interior minister um to actually guide them over like safely and stuff like that yeah it didn't work out at the end but there were kind of talks about that stuff and there were people high up in the armenian government who kind of gave that seed of approval and started the process of within a conflict with a neighboring country to try to bring a delegation over for our event and stuff so it is kind of interesting how yeah high up connections a lot of our events can get yeah and then there's the polar opposite of like ANSYS trying to hide their activities from their government. <laughs> yeah, okay. like, that's true. There's not going to be much media coverage of this part of the event. But yeah, it would be definitely fun to kind of try and hear some conspiracy theories. Like, hmm, maybe my favorite one would definitely be if EYP Kosovo was somehow related to the secession of Kosovo from Serbia in general. So it's like, let's initiate this from the youth. <laughs> yeah. Not a fact. <laughs> I'm just spitballing. <laughs> don't, if anyone, EYP Kosovo is listening to this, don't take it too seriously. Are we doing a bingo of which NCs can we piss off this episode? Because <laughs> Joe, you're you're doing really good right now. Oh yeah, I got you're, uh, on, a, you're on a roll. I got two Anastasias going at Netherlands. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, the biggest dirt I have on is UAP Spain, but I'm not 
ready to burn Ooh, that okay. you got you, you got to spill the beans. Okay, what 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 about some some dirt on your way to be Spain that isn't too bad enough that we can share publicly? You can change people's names. Let's just call everyone Juan. Juan, <laughs> just like a generic Spanish name. <laughs> um, no, it's not like anyone involved in it, but like just I also it's something I thought about like when thinking of fuck ups in general. But like we had to go for an IF to the Red Cross for blankets for people because we did not have those in where we were sleeping. So we arrived to the venue, which apparently also turned out to be where pilgrims stay on their way to whatever. (laughs) And literally, like, we stayed there. We didn't have blankets. Then we ended up having Red Cross blankets. And a dude literally walks by one of our rooms and goes, fucking refugees and then just leaves and we were like huh <laughs> like where did these people bring us to? like why are we refugees suddenly so i don't know what was done there to get that venue as an accommodation for us who we supposed to be to get red cross blankets either but hey it worked out the blankets are really nice still have one around here somewhere Maybe that was, maybe that was just creative budgeting on the on the HO's part. Where like if we if we serve everyone only one meal a day, we technically qualify for Red Cross assistance, and they pay for it. If we pretend that the event is just for refugees, yeah, they have all their sponsorship deals. Like, okay, guys, we have too many. We have to drop a few. Yeah. And nobody ever knew where they ended up. They were just all expatriated to Morocco, regardless of where they came from. Yeah, no, the thing is, the session took place in two cities. So maybe there was also something behind that, because, you know, maybe the bus that left the first city wasn't as full as the one that came to to the first city. Maybe that's... Hmm how they did it and got rid of people. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm going too far now. I don't want to. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so that, that that's four NCs so far. Okay, we're on, we're on a roll. <laughs> hmm. I'm like trying to think of some good NCT, but like I, it's just too too hot. <laughs> I th- There's one... Okay, I think I can't name the SC or the stuff. Some people who listen, like, kind of know <laughs> which this is a part of. But there was some issues within certain structures. Um, yeah, that kind of got into a bit of trouble um, after creative budgeting around taxis. So the idea is that taxis can give you uh, a receipt, but then you ask them not to write how much it was on the receipt. So then you can write the amount that you want to (laughs) on the receipt. And then in your budget, if part of your budget is about transport, then you can kind of claim (laughs) that into the transport part. And then you have then cash to spend on other parts of your session or future sessions or stuff you want to do. Yeah, and it, I, it kind of became an institution <laughs> for about three years. <laughs> until, yeah. Yeah, That's like genius, though. Like, I, mm-hmm. 
Wow. I've also had more than one session request my travel tickets without giving me a reimbursement, without ever planning <laughs> to give me a reimbursement so that they could <laughs> plan that as a part of their quote-unquote expenses. And creative accounting. Shady as shit. <laughs> Yeah. I've had NCs say, oh no, you cannot send us the tickets anymore because we've closed the accounting for that session. So can't be in the expense anymore. So anyways. But wait, the session is still happening. No, we closed it. Too bad. Oh. Yeah, it's like, you know, and I was like, yeah, I didn't get my money though. Well, it's it's not in the accounting anymore. We kind of forgot to include it. So maybe if you come another time, we'll include that <laughs> one too. I was like, great. That is such a great motivator to visit your NC again. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think Money. creative budgeting is very much a scourge of EYP in many ways. Especially, yeah, I don't know. I've been okay. I've complained about EYP food in too many episodes now. I'm, I'm yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's almost every episode that Joel like tries to find another. Okay, at stabbing at NCs becomes a bit too mainstream for him. So then he's like, okay, how can I stab at them through a different way? Okay, let's try to find their traditional food and then insult that in each episode. And so that's what we've kind of gone through bit by bit. What about, okay, Joel, what about some food that you actually found nice in a session? The one he brought himself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... You laugh, but I do bring food to session. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. at, at the session we were going to do, that never actually got to happen, or at least not with us. He actually wanted to buy everyone spoons. Not spoons. I, I, well, in EYP, <laughs> because we get a lot of takeaway food and this kind of stuff, EYP uses a lot of plastic cutlery and i find that shit infuriating so i've for a really long time been carrying my own you know um wooden cup and my uh little travel spork spoon fork knife type of a thing and yeah for this session i was planning to kind of leave some sort of a personal impression on it and kind of have Every single participant of the session have a spork instead of having to use a plastic utility every single time they have a meal. I thought you were gonna say, "Yeah, just carry around like a bunch of spoons for everyone all the time." Just <laughs> 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 like every time Joel gets to a session, like, "Hey, do you want a spoon?" You know, protect the environment. <laughs> yeah, do you want an actual metal spoon? It's a, su- it's a souvenir until it gets confiscated by airport security. <laughs> Which is what happened to my original spork. What? It goes. No. Oh, was it in Turkey? An airport official thought that my spork was a deadly weapon and was, was not allowed to the security. So he, proceed- so he proceeded to stab that man to death with the spork. Yes. <laughs> Thereby proving the man's point, ironically enough. Like, the thing is, I've carried, like, a screwdriver through Berlin Airport three times at this point, because I always forget to take it out of my bag. I have a screwdriver there. 
And it's like, I could poke someone's eye out with this if I wanted to, not that I want to. But like, and nobody cares. Like, and this has gone through airport security so many times. And like, Berlin is just like, yeah, whatever. Just go for it, girl. Go stop, yeah. girl. <laughs> you do you. Yeah, it was never... I mean- it was never a problem within the EU, but then whenever I went outside the EU, like so many times, like for Ukraine, for some reason, I always forgot to like, I don't know, leave it home or check it in. But every time I went to Ukrainian border security, they looked at the spork for like a good five minutes with like three people trying to figure out if it's dangerous or not. But enough with enough bleed, pleading, they every time allowed me to bring it, but then Turkey, no, that that border security stuff was heartless. They didn't care about my connection to my little metal utensil. Oh. He, he did put put hardcore puppy eyes on them, though. Mm-hmm. Even I felt that. <laughs> that that was that was emotional manipulation at the, at its finest. Yeah, I was like, work. could we please check this with your supervisor? It's so harmless. <laughs> they go to their supervisor and it's like, no. You just stab oh, the fine. supervisor. And prove them that they were right. That's the one. Do that. <laughs> and and so you, you were saying that the, you, you said like in, in, in the Berlin airport, um, yeah, they just kind of like let you go. It's fine. Free for all and stuff like that. I, I guess also it kind of, depends how you look when you look more middle eastern like me kind of going for an airport like berlin um every single time stop and search different kind of stuff through there but then one one time in particular my favorite one we were on this plane about 200 passengers going from hungary to berlin and everyone as white as um joe (laughs) on the plane on the plane well hey you're in Finland you don't get that much sun like <laughs> what can you say uh, we're going through and like all the passengers we get off the plane then we have to go for another security thing as we go into Berlin for some reason and then everyone's going through that and then from this whole crowd only I kind of then get pulled out of the crowd the walls actually open so there's a secret room behind the walls. I then have to go through these walls. The walls then close. <laughs> and then the rest of the people on the plane carry on going through. And then I'm in a room with like four, three, four security people. And then absolutely everything, socks, like every single like wrapper gets inspected, bomb scanned and all of this stuff for the next half an hour. And then I'm like, why why me i'm like well beforehand i I used to not have this mustache and i had like a a big old beard i'm like is it because of the beard and the middle eastern look they're like yeah gotta be safe and i'm like what (laughs) what the hell is this racial profiling and they continue yeah you do know nathan it depends I listened to the previous fuck ups episode and i noticed that your stories can be divided into two two categories a Oh, I always get get uh, get stopped at airports for no reason because racism. B, look how much I fucking trashed this hotel and destroyed <laughs> everything, and I still have the buttons to prove it. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. Oh my god. Oh yeah, that one in Albania. Oh my god. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Have, have you considered that maybe they stopped you because you were carrying a cash <laughs> register under your arm from the hotel? 
Oh shit, that's true. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the reason. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But actually, like talk about that kind of stuff. That there's been a couple of incidents that I've had, like well, that have happened outside in the in the real world while I've been in sessions. That's like really impacted it in that kind of way. Um, one of them was in Turkey, where I was about to go to Istanbul for for some nationals, and then six hours before my plane is due to leave, there was a terrorist attack, um, literally about a five minute walk from my hotel, and it's like, oh, shit, and it's like, well, no one knew like who had done it. There was an explosion in Taksim Square. This was in like March 2016. Like, shit, well, what do we do? And I. I had to think to myself, what do I do? In like an hour or so time, I need to take the bus to go to the plane. And then I thought, do I do I go? Do I not? And I rationalized a whole bunch of stuff to myself. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do this. I'm still going to do it. The session's in like five days time. I'm going a bit earlier for a holiday. I guess it's, I'm going to go earlier for a bit of crisis management instead. <laughs> Let's do this. So then I jump on the plane. I kind of go over there. And it was like uh, everyone in Istanbul kind of says like that was the day which there was the least traffic in Istanbul's history. <laughs> Nobody was out on the streets like the next day and stuff because I arrived like the next morning by the time I got there. Um, it was this eerie feeling I had to go from the airport on like the complete west side of the European bit to the Asian side. <laughs> so kind of traversing the whole <laughs> the whole Istanbul kind of going through thinking shit shit, that was just an explosion that happened yesterday. What do we do? And then I was the only like foreign official who kind of flew in. And then for the next three days, we spent literally every night until four o'clock in the morning, just crisis management in terms of who's not going to come, who's still going to come to the session. Let's replace people, replace people, replace people. We kept having to do all of that stuff. And then finally, there was one day that was like, okay, tomorrow is the day that everyone's going to fly in. We're all good. We've replaced half of the team. We know what we're doing. We have extra security set up. We have all of this stuff. We're like, cool, let's do this. And then that was at four o'clock in the morning. And then at about 7 a.m., Brussels airport got bombed. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were like, <laughs> what? What? And yeah, our, our, our VP was actually working there. Uh, one of the VP of all the chairs, um, a guy called Anil, he was... Um, he was working in the airport and where the bomb went off went off was the place he was meant to be working, but he, he snuck out for a cigarette break. <laughs> and so, so like this hit, like, and we had like four people that were going through the airport to get to Istanbul. And then for me, I, I was back into that crisis management of like, okay, who still can come? Who can we replace? What can we do? And they're like, guys, this, this session isn't happening. Yeah, so then we ended up having to like cancel the session, and I was the only person <laughs> who flew over who was over there. So then uh, I rented a massive Airbnb and then threw a massive house party for the Turkish NC <laughs> instead. That's whoa. That was a uh, fun episode, was fun, lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> but. And then, to be fair, like to the credit of the organization, I don't think I've ever heard of an EY peer who died on a way to the session or at a session. Maybe they yeah, took a lot actually, of effort to make sure you don't hear about it. That could be it. Exactly. No, but like the thing is, That's like in EYP Spain, we have the saying, all the HOs always say that 
the way you like rate success as a HO in UAP Spain is like if nobody dies, the session is a success. And I'm always like, is there a story to this? Like, why, why has this become a thing? Like, everyone's like, no, but you should be happy. Nobody died. And I'm like, yeah, I did not think anyone would gonna die. Like, why would you say that? And I've heard this repeatedly throughout like my years in Spain. And I'm like, sure, okay. So you know. Anyways, has yeah. anyone said that um, as long as nobody dies at this time? Have you ever heard those words being used <laughs> at the end, like this time? No, no, never heard that. Okay. But yeah, still kind of creepy though. It's like, yeah, what happened? I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> this this does remind me of the uh, session Azerbaijan I went to, where. We had uh, the CGO at this resort on the beach. It was beautiful. We had these these big rooms and just walking around. Beautiful sunshine. It was all amazing. And we're like, okay, good. We're ready to go. Let's go to the session. Of course, we're in Baku. It's very modern. And there's all these big skyscrapers and the nightlife super. It's everywhere. It's happening. And then we they get us on a bus. We drive conservatively seven hours inland to buttfuck middle of nowhere where they stuck us in some hotel that was basically the only building on the horizon. And uh, we had, I think, a six, seven day session there. Before that session, I was already... Because I think this was also specifically placed there and named just to piss off the Armenians because it was named the the Karabakh session. I don't want to call out names, but that's what it was called. Uh, And of course, me being basically an ignorant Western white guy, I didn't really know about Karabakh, so I had looked it up a bit. I also, because I knew the session was going to be there, I looked up, oh, where's the airport there? And that was not exactly, let's say internationally reachable <clears throat> and I contact the head organizer to ask them about is, how about safety because there's like this is a quite a let's say contested area and they said no it's fine it's fine because we have police protection throughout the entire session we have people going with us escorting us through everything and I'm just thinking I know that's meant to make it sound safer but it makes it feel so so much unsafer <laughs> and we yeah and we and, absolutely and we, needed them we absolutely had them throughout most most of the session <laughs> i remember one, so once weird. or twice we were just hanging i wouldn't say preferences it's more enthusiasm <laughs> <sighs> fair enough i mean so like you, you, it's not what you prefer it's the only way to go really <laughs> anyway yes <laughs> I have an idea. Let's talk about <laughs> something else in Azerbaijan. So for the listeners, this recording platform we're using has now crashed twice during Yehun's story. So maybe, maybe, well, let's try that. I can pitch in my story side of that. I don't know. It's it going to crash again. That There is a topic we do not discuss because it will crash the service. No, no. Like it, it was it was the weirdest because it was in the middle of nowhere. I, okay, for clarity for all the listeners that are not familiar with the 
history of this session, maybe for the right reasons. Um, it was not in the conflict region. It was kind of close by, which <laughs> makes it a little bit better, I guess. Um, but it was named after the conflict yeah, region. Yeah, it was co- allegedly named after a football club sponsoring the session, which was definitely a plot right. by the fucking government to have it just named that. Yeah, there was some shady shit with the government going on. Um, but yeah, the whole police thing, it, <laughs> there's also a fun, fun bit of that when we were having dinner in this fucking, it was a fucking park, right? Like, it, I, I, <laughs> this is the park Every park day. with some makeshift tables in there. We were having lunch and dinner in there. We were making transfers to this park to have dinner in a park. Or lunch in the middle. <laughs> so we would leave the venue mid committee work, go to a park to eat and <laughs> with a bus and then transfer back. But one dinner we're having in this park and um I'm being my uh, exotic self, I guess. I'm just kinda walking around the park with my I think I was wearing some sort of harem pants and an orange shirt and i was talking on the phone with um my then girlfriend and one of, one of the head organizers approaches me he's like hey joe um would you be willing to go join the police chief in his dinner he wants to talk to you which is always a good sentence this is like excuse me what <laughs> then it, t- it takes me to this like side table away from everyone where there's like some squad of the local police chief who's like this like really burly big guy who looks like this kind of traditional authoritative meathead you would imagine a countryside Azerbaijani police chief to have and they're like eating like completely different food from us is just having like all sorts of fancy kebabs and shit there with like a full-on <laughs> gourmet meals going on and so it's like so they saw me walking around they thought i looked exotic they wanted to talk to me and they just fucking had some like <laughs> questions to me about the military situation in finland i'm just like <laughs> i have no <laughs> That sounds so like suspicious. And they like just... wanted me to try all the local goods, or like making me drink their vodka and eating their kebab. I was just like, "Well, I'm vegan at this point, but I, this is too too much of an experience to skip out on." It's just like trying out random. I feel like it wasn't an option. I feel it was like try it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do it. <laughs> It was prepared. There was like, if depending on what you said, it would be like one type of kebab or the other one. What was poison? Then the other one was fire. <laughs> it sounds like they were hired by the by the Ministry of Defense as like international spies on Europe, but they completely blew it off and just parted with all the funds. And they were like, "Oh shit, we have a deadline! Quick, ask this guy if he knows about his country's <laughs> <laughs> military capabilities." <laughs> so. How many joint strike fighters yeah. would you say you have? Just an estimation. Yeah, and I didn't do military service. 
So I have no fucking clue, and they wouldn't take no for an answer. <laughs> they were also really convinced that I spoke Russian based on me being Finnish, which I'm not sure how the logic is that, but apparently they met some Finnish dude in Russia who spoke Russian and therefore concluded that every Finn speaks Russian, and they were really confused that I needed the head organizer to translate whatever the fuck they wanted to say to me. Maybe that's why also they were interrogating you so much, because they were like, huh... Russia, weapons, Finland, they speak Russian, maybe also weapons. Let me find that out. <laughs> yeah, which gets a bit more uh, sinister knowing how the situation developed since the since that forum. Um. <laughs> it was also, I was in the media team there uh, and I was instructed or rather reprimanded by the organizers pretty soon that I'm not supposed to take pictures of the police because you get into like a whole other mess of things with like publications and secrecy and national security and whatever. So I'm like, okay, sure, I won't. But every time when you're walking around with the camera, when you come by the police, they start posing, go, no, no, come here, take photo, take photo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. they definitely wanted to take selfies with me as well. Which was also funny because um, then we took some of the photos with my phone and then they wanted to see the photos afterwards. And the, when they saw that the Polish chief was on the background of the photos having a cigarette, they demanded that I delete them, it's like which I might or might not have properly done. Let's uh, not get me into any trouble, further trouble with the other person and the authorities. Um, Oh, I know the answer. I can get you in trouble. I feel like now it's going to cut off again. It's going to be like, yep, nope. And again, look in the description of this podcast for the the photo in question. Can you make a TikTok out of those pictures? I don't know how that works. You can post that on your account, right? Yeah, or the podcast's new TikTok. (laughs) EYP Spain's new TikTok, <laughs> no. the Azerbaijani police show. <laughs> this was also more in the realm of the, the theme of the podcast. This was also the session that was sponsored by a water company and ran out of water on day two. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and at, those, at those dinners and lunches in a random park for the next eight days, they kept serving us energy drinks. And it was, I think... 40 degrees? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it was off. The bus had no air conditioning. It was it was the warmest yeah, I've ever been. There was also a moment <laughs> during that session when we were like good five to seven hours from the capital. And then they had somehow negotiated the transfer to be done by a company who had outsourced it and given different conditions to the company that they outsourced it to. So in the middle of this session, we hear from the head organizers that one of the bus drivers just got pissed and booked it, took the bus that we had arrived there with and just left back to Baku. No way. That's like a whole other way, like level of petty, like... I, I'm done with this. Let me just like work this bus. For I myself. mean, for him, it kind of makes sense because like you, you agree to a job and then, you know, you have certain conditions for it. But there was like some people's laptops were in that bus. 
<laughs> and it's oh, also shit. like no and it's also like how do we get away from here if our bus <laughs> decides to leave without us <laughs> on the ranking of places to be stranded in just outside Karabakh midsummer <laughs> is not is not the best yeah it's really not up there Actually, a, a nice a nice version of that part of the story also. Well, the not so nice part is that I had booked an extra day in Azerbaijan just to 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 to, to do touristy stuff, and that entire day was taken up by just travel back to Baku on a bus, <clears throat> which was especially bad because once we got there, it was all good again, and we actually had water. And then one of the one of the mothers of an organizer or a chair, I think, came by and was like, "Oh, you can all." come to my house for dinner and I have a pool and we'll party. And I was like, I have a flight at six in the morning. I can't. Yeah, that was. <laughs> but the, the fun part that was, although we were doing a seven hour bus ride back to Baku with two buses, just full of Europeans at some, at some point we stopped at just again, only building on the horizon, this little shop that sells water where there's like one old guy who kind of, just stands there immobile all day waiting for a random, I don't know, random passerby to come in and, and buy some snacks. And all of a sudden, there's just two busloads of rich Europeans scrounging his shop for everything. I think he made like six months of profit in one, in one hour. <laughs> uh, funding the countryside. Yeah. Like the thing with with would be Spain sessions too sometimes is that we have so many regionals uh that sometimes we have regionals in places where it's like this is not that useful like there's not that many people living here like literally the people participating in the session are the only people of that age that live there also so sometimes it's like funny to see how literally we double the like town's population for the weekend just with us being there because it's like. 50 more people but there's 50 people living there so it's like hey let's just take over the city for the weekend fun it's it's always fun to see like locals there just like wide-eyed looking like why are there so many teenagers here and why are they screaming alele in the middle of our central square did any of them like approach you uh, did any of them approach you or is it more kind of like standing back and just like that weird stare that they give oh no it's spanish people mind you so they sometimes join oh, they're okay. like what are you doing guys is this a dance can we do it too <laughs> yeah fun times nice. yeah, that's a good challenge for some eyp sessions to come so it's like find some babushkas to do alele with you you get many points <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when when Yaron was talking about like the buses and stuff, it, it reminded me that in um in Rise, so the 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 French international session in um 2016, uh during that in France, like people pe- people like to have their schedule, you know. So like if a bus driver needs to finish work at 5 p.m., they're finishing at work at 5 p.m. It doesn't matter if our event has been delayed or anything like that. They are finishing at 5 p.m. If you book a bus ride between this time and this time, then you have booked it between this time and this time. We are just slightly delayed for the opening ceremony and slightly 
a slight issue uh, or mistake that somebody made when booking the buses. But then the president stands up to give like the, the speech for the opening ceremony at the end and says, I'm afraid we don't have time. Can everyone quickly <laughs> move outside, jump in the buses they're about to leave in three minutes with us on or off the buses? And then we literally had to cut the opening ceremony in half and just like urge everyone out of the room as fast as they can into these buses. Because if not, the buses would have gone without us because... The bus drivers are like, hey, you told us for this time, I'm, I'm going home after that time. Full stop. So that was... I feel like there's a running theme about this, like in UAP in general, though, because we also had that in one of our events where we had to cut short school presentations. And it was like half the schools did their dance, did their poem reading, whatever. And then the other half just never got to introduce themselves at all during the whole duration of the session because there was just no more time for it in the schedule. Because the bus drivers were like, yeah, we're leaving. Like, I don't care if you live five kilometers away from here. You can go walking with 200 kids behind you. And we were like, yeah, no, we will hurry them up. And it was just like apocalyptic, like people running, trampling over each other to get on the bus. And there was actually people left behind that had to go by taxis. But still, it was like funny because the bus driver was like, yeah, I'm closing the door right now. And there were people like opening the door again, like trying to get in. It was yeah. Shit. <laughs> that, that's a very different experience from the one we had at the Yerevan IS when it's like your average EYP transfer when the bus is just a good hour late. <laughs> so like chilling in front of the hotel is like, that's a nice morning, you know. Maybe we'll come at some point. <laughs> and at some sessions, it's okay because you're already with your committee when you're chairing a session. <laughs> by that point you're just just with the officials and it's just like well nothing's happening Hmm. back back, back in the day the buses would always like wait for everyone as in um whenever i go to sessions um you have to wake everyone up in the morning the augers would go around and really wake everyone up and you get everyone into the buses and only when the last person's on the bus then all the buses go they do the transfer if the session gets delayed by 30 minutes it gets delayed by 30 minutes and then you just rework the schedule but then I kind of found like in the past five years has kind of now switched to that. If you wake up late, that's your fault. Get a taxi. Do you? <laughs> like we're not going to be waiting for you anymore. It's like personal responsibility. You want to wake up cool? You have a phone. Set an alarm. Get up. Join us. If you don't, eh, that's a you problem. Literally, literally. Like at this point, it's like organizers are like me doing wake up calls. What am I your maid? You go open your own alarm app in your phone. You do you, honey. Like, you have Google Maps. I don't care what they will live in a mountain. You do you. You'll come down, I guess. Guided by wolves or something, because there's also not that much service out there. But sure, you'll find your way there. Yeah, it really has changed. Like, I remember doing organizing sessions in, like, 2013, 2015. And the kind of wake-up calls we would have for people would just be, like, how creative can we get in getting people off their asses? Uh. I remember a session where the organizers were just given the master key to just <laughs> go to every room, just walk into the room, just like, yeah, flip the bed, get up. But that's fun. Like, I enjoyed that part of being an organizer. I was like, I yeah. want to do the wake up call. I love it. Like, we got water guns and stuff and sprayed people with them. It was fun. Everyone hated you at the session, but it was amazing. 
like there's always this, the person. Yeah. There's always this one organizer, or at least in physical sessions, there's always this one core organizer who is responsible for transport, who always has is known for having a super loud voice and just screaming, Get to the buses! And everyone everyone hates them, but then at the end, every, they get the biggest applause. <laughs> that was me in most sessions I've organized. <laughs> like, stick to the right side of the road. Not that right, you donkey. The other right. <laughs> like, yep. It's, yeah. I, I, I... We do get praise in the end, though. I only recently remembered how how much that when you when you start to scream and stuff you actually lose your voice because on a day to day basis you don't do all this screaming and stuff and then I went to the tea free tea a couple months back and yeah we 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 kicked it off with alele I'm like okay let's do an alele let's go full blast as loud as we can and then at the end of the alele I was like. Can you guys continue the introductions? I, 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 I don't have any voice. I literally completely lost my voice. I was like, "Fuck! This is a train. The train. I'm going to be doing trainings, and I've just destroyed my voice on day one. I'm just fucking elele, elele." Hmm. Yeah. If there's any voice trainers out there listening, we can let's let's do a podcast episode on how to prepare <laughs> yourself for a weekend of yelling. I feel like you just have to be South European. Like that's. <laughs> all you need <laughs> like just your level of talking is already loud enough for a northern alele probably so you'll be fine i don't really i don't really understand why more sessions haven't invested in a megaphone for just even if just for the the general team building where there's like everyone's in a big field in a huge circle and there's one person in the middle has to address everyone that's true yeah, I mean, it does work in small sessions, but it does make kind of make sense when you have like a couple of hundred people and you're trying to just like get your voice heard in every single direction on a field. It takes a lot of voice. I didn't have this in an NYP session, but I did have this once in a summer camp, but like the person would scream so loud that their voice was louder than what was projected from the like megaphone. So... <laughs> It really was not needed in that case. It was just like them screaming. And then that just being there for whatever. <laughs> just give it the echo for more power. Does double megaphoning actually work? <laughs> when you put one megaphone that talks into a second megaphone that amplifies it further. And that way you can do like ASMR but megaphone. I don't know. Why do you think why, why do you think that this panel of people would have any knowledge on that? I don't know. You literally suggested what? like we should bring more megaphones. Yeah, because no one does it. Because I've I've never seen it done, so I have zero experience with well, it. Well, uh, to our to our listeners, if anyone <laughs> has attempted to do this, then message on our it. message on our social media, our Instagram, and our <laughs> new TikTok. We do not. I mean, Joel's deal. technically the sound engineer on the episode, I guess, even though he already dropped the recording twice. <laughs> uh, well, we said he's a sound engineer. We didn't say he's a good one. Come on. Mm. <laughs> he said he said he's a good one when we started. Oh, yeah. I didn't say I was a good one. I just said that I've learned how to deal with specific shit, like your friendly neighbor drilling. I don't know how to deal with certain things like last episode's uh, squeaky chair. um, 
Stop if that bothered someone. Soon. <laughs> uh, in terms of time, I was just show you, I have no idea how long the previous recording was on for. Um, I think we're <laughs> running up to like uh, an hour-ish now, but there's so much hassle with having to stop and start that we can still keep on going and, mm-hmm. and going. There's plenty you can cut out. Yeah. <laughs> That like like Joel, shit, trash talking so many NCs one after the other to try to get some like aggro comments. Yeah, you can try and think about it afterwards when you're listening to this episode. How many did I cut out? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. How many police mentions were not mentioned in the end? Or the conversations. Yes, we the wanted to or didn't want to cut it out because sometimes the recording just stopped. <laughs> That, that's technically editing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like this episode should be renamed to just UIP Conspiracy Theories. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep. Yeah. It's the Fuck Ups 2 Conspiracy Edition. Yeah. Maybe it's more like Fuck Ups 2 interviewing the Fuck Ups. <laughs> <laughs> Jeroen, do you have any fun EYP before 2010 fuck-up things? So long ago, I hardly remember even. Uh, From the the before-before times, a few. I remember there was, well, that's not really a huge fuck-up, I guess. But I do remember that we had one session in Spain, which was being sponsored, which through some sponsorship, everyone got condoms. That's another fuck up. That was like a. We still do that. No, but then only one person, only, well, I guess two people actually had sex at the session and the girl had a latex allergy. (laughs) (laughs) No. And that was also. That actually makes me rethink the master key thing because it was also a session where organized would just come into your room all the time. But we also continuously went into everyone's room. So maybe those rooms just weren't locked. <laughs> Which maybe. near the end of the session got to that point where you know each other so well and you've been hanging out so much that you start pranking people. And there was like this one guy that... It, it kind of became a thing with people pranking that you would sneak into someone's room while they were sleeping and you would put uh, shaving cream on their nipples as they slept and then just sneak out again. So one time I did that to uh, to someone in my committee. I went in, I saw him in his bed. He was like kind of lying with his arm over his face and just kind of snoring. And I was like, and you sneak out again. And then of course... You don't really get that catharsis of, of seeing mm. the, the end result of seeing them, they realize it. So the next morning, you're kind of looking at them like, oh, what, how, what are they looking like? But acting kind of normal. So I went to the, his roommate who was sleeping in the same room and I went, hey, uh, did he have a, a good wake up? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't actually sleep in my own room this, today. And I'm like, ah, damn it. Okay, fine. At some point, I just bite the bullet and just go to him like, hey, uh, did you sleep well? Did you wake up fine? Yeah, yeah, I slept actually really well. I slept in this other girl's room and, and this and that. I have no idea <laughs> who I actually did that to. 
god. I know they kind of had the same build, but that's it. <laughs> I don't know. On, that yeah, but on that note, like, if there is an... Like, I know there are many answers that don't do this condom thing. Like, you definitely should. <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. It's uh, it's I young mean, people. It's a intense thing. Like there are gonna be connections made, and better have people practice sex in a safe way than, uh, yeah. There are plenty of organizations. Yeah, but I know how much you incentivize it through that. Because like I, like I also get the feeling that if you just say to young people like, "Hi, here's a condom," they're gonna be like, "Oh, should I use that actually?" Whereas yeah, I don't know, because, like, just based off the statistics we got in recent national sessions in UFB Spain, it just, it seems like sexual activity is going up and up. Yeah, it's going... <laughs> the more safety like we it, It's going on them. anyways. Probably, but, yeah, anyways. Like... It's still, yeah, I do think that it's better to have it, just in case. Maybe not just give it out in the welcome booklets like we do. You should you should hand out either condoms or chastity belts, one of the two. <laughs> well, for the men, like yeah. chest, chest, chest for everyone, belts, just you know. and like like the the old school ones with like a big patch lock on it. <laughs> oh god! I, I got a question. Like with chastity belts, like how do you go to the toilet? Again, this is, these are not the experts to ask these questions Once to. Again, you suggested it, the implementation of it. So I'm asking a few more details in order to understand whether I agree or not with such implementation in a session. Because I'm sure you can make like a like a grate or a funnel in it. <laughs> We're all imagining. Listeners, something. if any of you have any idea on this, please contact uh, contact Nathan. Um, <laughs> On this TikTok, <laughs> on Anastasia's TikTok. I'm sure he'll enjoy that knowledge. <laughs> I also have plenty of fun stories from the the Iceland session in Reykjavik, which was at the time the first session that was ever held in Iceland. So it was understandably it had a lot of startup things and just people not knowing what it is, people not super enthusiastic, and them having to make accommodations for that. So one was that. The officials all got set up in the B&B, but the, the delegates all slept at home. So you didn't really have a lot of evening bond, bonding between them, which, you know, it just kind of happened. But it also, uh, we let's see, we started the, the team building was in, I think it was in like some sort of city hall or, or city building. In just a big, uh, a big room, and I think we had a good, let's say, sixteen to twenty delegates there, uh, divided amongst four committees, I think, three, four, five committees. Then we that had one day. Then we went to two days of committee work. First day of committee work, we had eight delegates. Second, we had I think six, and then at GA we had four delegates left. Including we had at at, G, at committee work we had one at committee work eventually each committee was just two delegates each, which is already not ideal. But then from one committee, delegate number one had to leave because she had like some sort of school exam I think, and delegate two 
left because he had he had an appointment for a haircut. <laughs> so the, the priorities. So the officials that just got together, a few chairs with the board, and they just started workshopping the resolution themselves. Sad. Like... <laughs> and eventually they got a call from the delegate with the haircut who said, yes, yeah, so I'm on a boat out of the country, so I'm not coming back anymore. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, we had a session once where the HOs had to literally invite their friends from school over to fill in the spots just because it was like 10 delegates and 30 officials. So it was kind of like, yeah, not a vibe considering there were like six coming to you. So there were not that many delegates for community either. So (laughs) the HOs were like, yeah, let me just invite my high school friends and see what happens. And that was literally how, like, you can see people, random people in the photos who nobody knows who they are. And it's just, like, friends from that town, from the HO, who just came by to just, you know, fill in the space for the sponsors. Because the sponsors had, like, paid money for the event. And they were like, yeah, so many young people are going to know about our initiatives and all that. And then it was just, like, ten people plus five friends. In the, in the, in the GA for Reykjavik, we did, uh, of course, we only had four delegates, but they they did stay, so they were motivated. So we did a whole, we did a whole uh, mock mock GA at the start, like the your standard one about pizza, I think, and we combined it with waterfalls because Iceland. And as we were doing the whole thing, like, okay, yeah, first that chair makes a point, and then that media team member makes a point, and then this, and then the delegates just start going to the chairs. I want to make a point about pizza, please. And they start making their own points. And like, yeah, sure, why not? But the flip side of that is that when the GA actually starts and we're just sitting there in the back as the media team working on our laptops, we get a message on Slack from the board that says, because we have so few delegates, we do kind of need you to pitch in and make some points just to kind of get the conversation going. But we don't have committees, so we just kept the committees from the mock GA. So at some point, we're having this whole resolution about economic affairs or like women's rights and how to make sure that, that women are safe and they don't get abused in the streets. And then the board goes, okay, for our next point on uh, women's safety, we're going to go to the committee on pasta affairs. Pasta, you're recognized. <laughs> and then I have to make a whole serious point as the fucking pasta guy. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like when... So- Pasta attacks like a me too, and attacks speech, and they're like, "Yeah, I got murdered by pasta. They just destroyed my points." <laughs> yeah, I cannot think of like general massive like session fuck ups, but like we have had one time when my board kind of lost the chair during two nights and a day during the session, and we had no idea where he was. I'm not gonna mention the session or the person's name, but it was so funny. It was this like Greek dude who for some reason was obsessed with little cigars and like I don't know if you know this but in Greece they have this like thing called little cigars apparently and just one night we were out in a bar the official team just chilling and whatever it's time to go home we're like okay cool and we're like oh where's this person where has someone seen them like where are they and then we just go outside nowhere to be find so like two people stayed and wait for him and we just went back to the hostel. Turns out the guy went out to the other side of Belgrade 
I said it, never mind, on the other side of the city. And we saw it through his Instagram stories that he was just like chilling at a party there. And then when he comes back, we're like, where were you? And he was like, oh, no, I just went out to see if there were some little cigars around here. And we're like, why would you think at midnight something would be open and had little Greek cigars there? And we're like, but do you smoke? Like, do you want a cigarette? And he was like, no, I just like little cigars for celebrations. We were like, what? Why do you want them so badly then? He's like, yeah, I just need them really badly. So we're going back to the hostel at this point, like he's back already, whatever. We encounter this other chair who's coming at us. And we're like, oh, why are you out and about? And she's like, oh, yeah, I have this terrible like stomach ache. I'm going to the pharmacy, whatever. And this dude, instead of asking her like, oh, but are you okay? First thing he does is go there. Hey, but they have little cigars at the pharmacy. <laughs> and the girl is just like, are you for real? Like, what is wrong with you? Um, but yeah, next day comes and we're like, okay, you know, like we've talked to him. He's probably realized that that was not nice to disappear just on us like that. Um, lunchtime comes. He doesn't come back from lunchtime. <laughs> like, thank God this dude had a coach here because suddenly we just encounter her alone in the committee room. We're like, where's your coach here? And she's like, oh, I have no clue. He just didn't come back from lunchtime. So then he appears like three hours later and he's like, oh no there's this like very nice church nearby so I just went to visit the church and I just came back like honestly this dude was like the funniest thing that happened to me this session but also I had never seen such a spaced out person I was like I like I know drugs are not allowed anyway people like I just want to know what you're having like just for personal knowledge like how are you like this how do you care so little and are so much in your own little cigar world I want to know yeah yep that is such a strain as a team leader when one of your people just disappears it's it happens more than you think if you're about to present your first session keep that in mind that might just happen (laughs) people have some weird ass priorities it's like oh middle of ga let me go buy some souvenirs and also you will notice that after a few days you just start looking for that person first in the group (laughs) like do i have everyone let's first see if this guy's here i do not have everyone (laughs) that is exactly what happened but at some point he was like, yeah, he's probably at some church. Fine. He'll probably appear at some point. He's in a good place. He cares, <laughs> he cares about religion. God's watching over him. <laughs> also, Joel saying that. Like, hey, from, I didn't say to good. Hear that from, I mean, you, you just said. Joel, we have you on the recording. You are not going to edit this out that you just said that. You have no leverage for him not to edit this out. Maybe. <laughs> Absolutely This is going to be an outro. It's going to be only you. We have your record. You said bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> no, don't bleep it out. No bleeping.